no time like the present to tell you guys that I just filed my taxes. Let's go. Dude, I'm doing that here soon, too. So Exciting time. Exciting time. It's nowhere near April, but we like to get things underway as soon as possible on the big dudes in the trenches. That's what we're all about. That's why draft coverage is going to start really soon after the Super Bowl. <laughs> Nothing better to do than to just get it going. But this episode, we have some conference championship games to review. A couple of big news items as well. Of course, we're going to get to those first. And yeah, we have a lot of thoughts about these conference championship games. Pretty good weekend. Not going to lie. Did not go the way we thought it would. But all that is up for discussion here in a moment. Let's go ahead and dive into the news. What do you say? Let's get into it, man. Been a, been an interesting weekend here. Very interesting. So the biggest news of the last, I don't know, 20 years in the NFL, uh, Tom Brady is potentially retiring. It came out, according to Adam Schefter, that he did retire. It came out, according to his company, TB12, that he did retire. And then, boom, an hour later, he's like, hold up. It ain't official yet. It ain't over till it's over. Do you think he really does retire? If so, is this the right time? What do you think? Uh, so, first of all, it wasn't even just Adam Schefter. There was a, a second uh, insider that reported it as well. I can't remember for the life of me who it is, and I can't remember where I saw it either. I know it was two ESPN insiders that were uh, were sharing the information. As far as timing goes, it is interesting that he would want to retire after losing the way he did in the playoffs. However, he left uh, left New England even worse, you know, so True. or after even worse, I should say. So as far as all that goes, you know, timing of it, as far as is it the right time? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Uh, but if I'm looking at it from the, the scope of how much he's done in his career and what else he has left to do and you start looking at stuff like that, it makes sense. And maybe maybe it is time to hang it up. I know Giselle, his wife, has been saying every time he gets hit, it scares me. So, you know, there's been jokes and memes around that she's the one that's leaking, you know, his retirement out there. So I don't know. You know, I, I think that actually probably has more truth to it than not, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, again, that's it's a lot of memes and jokes. But legitimately, maybe he's I mean, he took some pretty big hits that last game. Took some pretty sure. big hits. Sure, but he also just led the NFL in passing yards this season. Seems yeah. like an interesting time to make that decision. If he has, yeah, there's not much left he has to accomplish if anything, but why not, right? You can build on to your records. If you're still playing at a high level, you still feel like you can go. I would say, why not? He's on contract for a little while longer, and he will be on contract somewhere as long as he wants to be. I mean, even if he's 60 years old, somebody would somebody would throw an offer at him. I mean, You would think, right? <laughs> It just depends on uh, how long he actually wants to play. I know the hits are a big thing, but also the Buccaneers have a really good offensive line, and they appear to be looking to add to that. I know that's one of the 
keyed in on kind of you know, draft possibilities. The Bucks are either looking at wide receiver or offensive line, potentially, which, you know, is crazy because that's two places where they're really strong right now. But it can't hurt to be better, right? So Well, and, and injuries down the stretch really hurt them, right? You know, losing right. Godwin late right. in the season. And then in the playoffs, Tristan Worse was hurt. And, you know, Worse allowed one sack as a rookie. I don't know that he allowed any this year without, you know, I haven't looked at the stats, full disclosure right. there. But I don't know that you can sit there and say that they were 100% at the end of the season. You know, they they very clearly weren't. So that probably plays into his decision a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see where this all, you know, how this all shakes out. Again, you know, Gronk even said that he'd retire. And yeah, Gronk takes more damage. He misses half the season every year. Uh, But if Tom Brady retires, you can bet Gronk's not going to be back. Certainly seems that way. We'll have to stay on top of the Tom Brady situation. He's been a quarterback basically as long as I've been alive. So, yeah, <laughs> it'd be weird not having him, that's for sure. Um, yeah. It looks like the Las Vegas Raiders have made some moves here. They've got their GM and their coach, technically, I guess. <laughs> Depends on how we want to actually announce this. Uh, they do have a general manager in Dave Ziegler. He was the Patriots' top administrative official. I don't know really know what position to call him. He's not the GM. Bill Belichick's the GM out there. Dave Ziegler was kind of that role as far as office work, paperwork goes. Bill Belichick just had final roster decisions, essentially. So Dave Ziegler, almost a lateral move, but he does finally get the title and he gets the actual pay for it this time with the Raiders. So great move there. They also try to bring in Josh McDaniels. Now, he has technically agreed to be the Raiders head coach. However, the last time he agreed to be head coach somewhere, he backed out of it not too long afterwards. So, does Josh McDaniels actually coach a game for the Las Vegas Raiders? I will let you know once the regular season starts this fall. <laughs> That's how I feel too, man. This is it, wild. It's, it's tough to say. Uh, I think the Raiders are in a better position than a lot of people want to give them credit for. You know, yeah. outside of Raiders fans. Raiders fans, I think overvalue how good their team is and where they're at currently. But I do think that they're in a good position and it's going to be an easy place for McDaniels to slide in if he does decide to keep his word and take the job here. Yeah, and I like the move in theory if it actually does happen. McDaniels has been a name that has been relatively sought after for, I don't know, five years. It's just a matter of where he'll actually end up. The Colts seemed like a good fit at the time. He ended up staying in New England as what everyone thought would be the head coach in waiting role for when Bill Belichick retires. So I have a question then based on that. Does this mean that Bill Belichick is going to be staying on for the foreseeable future? That's a tough one because I can't see a reason why Belichick would want to retire right now anyway. He seems to, you know, everybody after last year was all over him. Like, oh, it was all Brady. It was all Brady. It wasn't Belichick. Belichick's not as good a coach as everybody thought he was, which I think is unfair because when you look at a lot of these great coaches, you can they had a great quarterback in their system too. 
and Cam Newton well past his prime at this point in his career. I don't think that's controversial to say. Everybody, right. ourselves included, were hoping that maybe he could find a little magic left. Uh, and he certainly had the opportunity to do so, just it didn't work out. Multiple opportunities to do so, really. Yeah, and, and there were flashes, right? There were flashes. Right. You can't deny that he looked awful, or you can't say that he looked awful all the time, rather. Uh, but I think he's found it with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has a bright future, um, at least had a good rookie season, and that's something the Patriots haven't had to even consider or think about for several years. So when you've got that type of promise on the offensive side of the ball, and you're as good of a scout of talent as Bill Belichick is, I think he's more than likely going to be staying longer than than not. It is also interesting to me, he is not the oldest head coach by far, whether NFL or college even. I mean, Pete Carroll hasn't beat by five, six years, right? So Bill Belichick has a while if he wants to. Could have fooled me. <laughs> right, he doesn't look it. I feel yeah, like we say this rare. every time. I feel like we say this every time that Pete Carroll does not look like the oldest coach in the NFL, like by any stretch of the right. imagination. Right. But at the same time, a lot of head coaches are getting younger around the league. I mean, that's true. Nathaniel Hackett felt like an old guy higher at 41. So <laughs> Eber Blues was an old guy at 50. It's the changing landscape for sure. The old guard is still here, but they're getting pushed out. Speaking of that old guard, we have a potential new move here. I saw two different reports within the matter of 48 hours that Jim Harbaugh was either taking a job at Minnesota or he was taking a job in Miami. (laughs) What do you think actually happens here? Does he even go anywhere at all? I would would love to see him take the job in Miami because Tug has already said that he would write an open letter. Uh, to fight to have Jim Ross or not Jim Ross, but have Ross removed. Stephen Ross, uh, Stephen Ross. There you go. Got my mind on wrestling. You know, Royal Rumble this weekend and everything. Uh, <laughs> but he would he would write an open letter to have Ross removed as owner of the team if they were to hire Jim Harbaugh. I I've also seen just in various groups too because obviously uh, there's a significant amount of Bears fans that still wish. Jim Harbaugh was their hire for head coach, which doesn't make sense to me. Right. But, you know, it, it's out there. Uh, and everybody that kind of refutes it is like, guys, you're you're idiotic because he obviously is doing this so he can get more money out of Michigan. If he keeps going out there, keeps his name out there, be like, well, you know, I'm thinking about taking this job. He's going to he's going to go out there and try and get more money uh, at the end of all this. That's certainly possible. At the same time, I will say the Miami Dolphins situation is actually pretty enticing. Should be for any head coaching candidate. They have quite a bit of flat cap flexibility. I almost combined those two. Flat flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> also have a young, talented quarterback. I mean, Tua hasn't looked game-breaking, but he hasn't looked bad either. And it certainly deserves another year, I would say, at least to actually – develop in the right system that you want long-term. There's plenty of things that you would look to say Miami is actually a almost a destination for any potential head coach. Minnesota, on the other hand, certainly doesn't feel that way. Kirk Cousins, what do you do with him? His cap hit is 
immense, to say the least. And is he really that guy? We don't know, right? So it it would seem to me if he's going to make a move, Miami makes more sense. And Stephen Ross being a fellow alumni of the School of North does make some sense. But you're absolutely right. As seeing some of the contracts around college football recently, it would make sense he's looking for a raise too. And uh, Kentucky Colonel, to answer your uh, your question there, it's simply that he has an elevated sense of self-worth. That's really all this comes down to. I very much agree. <laughs> Do you have a couple of coordinator moves to talk about? Not too much else going on the head coaching front, but it looks like the Chicago Bears have their new offensive coordinator in now former Green Bay Packers assistant Luke Getze. What do you know about this guy, and do you think it was a good move? Well, he was the quarterback's coach. Aaron Rodgers speaks highly of him. And uh, anything that hurts the Packers and helps the Bears, I'm all for. Because they have to promote from within. They're going to promote their O-line coach to be their new offensive coordinator. And I'm not saying that this is a for sure statement here, but I have seen offensive coordinators uh, that were former offensive line coaches. Uh, It didn't work out the best. Didn't work out the best, just to say the least. And I don't know that that's going to be the case. I've seen it work out as well. I've seen it work out too. And I'm not going to say that the Packers are doomed because of this move either. But it is going to be very interesting to see how this goes because their offensive line, even with losing pieces, was able to maintain. Maintain, I think that's that's right. the best way to say it. they didn't. You didn't really notice that they lost. You know the guys that they lost. So it does feel like Lafleur is going to have to take over that side of the ball a little bit more next year. Oh yeah, Adam Stenovich was probably the third in command as a line coach. They lost their OC and their pass guy. Their quarterbacks coach slash like passing game coordinator and Luke Getze. So, you know, all line coach Adam Stenovich, I'm sure he's a great guy. And they had him on the staff for a reason, promoted him for a reason. But this is definitely a downgrade, you would think. Has to be. Also did see the Bears are narrowing in on a defensive coordinator, potentially bringing another guy in from the Colts defensive backs coach out there. This is not official yet, so I'm not going to say a name and get it wrong, but it, it it's looking like Eberflus is bringing some guys over from Indianapolis, which I wouldn't mind if I were you. Indianapolis has had a fantastic defense the past couple of years. What do you think? I don't mind the move either. Uh, you know, I, I between Ryan Poles, who went and fired all the scouts that have been there for years, he got rid of all of them. Those seem to be, for whatever reason, they were the only guys (laughs) that survived, you know, three GMs and six head coaches. Uh, He got rid of all of them. Looks like Iberflus is doing the same with his coaching staff. I am a little disappointed that Desai isn't going to get to stay or get a second shot here, uh, either going back to DB's coach or or being defensive coordinator in general. But I am intri- I'm intrigued to see how this will work out. Uh, another one that I've seen in regards to the Bears is seeking Rick Basatia as special teams coach. But I've also seen Basatia come up in uh, come up in talks for head coaching jobs around the league. Yeah, I would love to see that happen. 
he seemed like a perfect fill-in when John Gruden had to step away. Certainly made the Raiders into what they were. They hadn't made the playoffs under John Gruden and then made the playoffs with him. So yep, that would be fun. But we don't know that for sure yet. There will be plenty more moves to talk about in the future. But for right now, I think we have some non-NFL news to get to. What do you got for us, man? Well, this, I want this to kind of be a little more of a discussion because I was thinking that, hey, the FCF is going to be kicking off here soon. The more I started to think about it, though, the more I realized that's not really feasible considering we don't know the other four teams that are being added yet. I think there might even still be an additional tryout or a camp coming up here soon. And uh, just overall, I mean, they just released a poll. They are going to have new uniforms for all four of the original teams. Uh, and then just the other day, they even said, hey, Wild Aces, we know your your choices weren't the best. We're going back to the drawing board. So wow. we're going to redo them. Yeah, so – and all these – That doesn't feel like three months out. Yeah, it, or it certainly doesn't feel like a couple weeks out, right? And uh, I was talking to, uh, to a guy on Twitter, uh, Bang Bang Rogers, a huge uh, – huge zappers fan is what he told me and potentially you know he'll join us on the show here later potentially we'll see i was like man i was like i feel like there's too much stuff to be done for them to be starting in february he's like oh dude he's like they're starting april 16th i was like wait a minute usfl starting april 16th he's like yeah fcf's announced their date first mm-hmm. which whenever that happened probably in the throes of the nfl and college season i've missed it and that's on me but what do you think about this i mean the FCF is going to be playing at night. USFL, I think their first games are going to be evening games as well. How are these two leagues going to coexist? They're obviously two very different brands of football, but do you think one's going to trump the other one as far as relevance and what people are more interested in? It seems like they want to compete, which doesn't make sense to me, but it also they do feel like very different products. So maybe they won't step on each other's toes as much as, you know, like when the USFL tried to roll in the fall, <laughs> however many years ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah. This would work a lot better than that did, but at the same time, yeah, I, I would probably watch one or the other personally. I don't know. Do you have enough time to watch both of these? Yeah, I I might have to as much as possible, but yeah, I might have to find a way to get both of them up. Obviously you can just watch. I'll just have the FCF up on my computer and uh, find however I can to watch the USFL on the TV. But I'll be honest with you. If I have to pick one or the other, it's going to be the USFL or sorry. It's going to be the FCF. (laughs) I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, unless the USFL is just that, unless it's just that good of a product, right? You know, hundred yard football, it is very different. <clears throat> so, in the sense that they're going to compete because they're both football products. However, right. the FCF, there's more. I don't even want to say the novelty is the only thing to it. I think the establishment of the SCF is better already. Uh, anybody that remembers the USFL, they're in their forties at this point, right? If not older. So I would compare this to, there are a few other decent examples of this kind of thing almost going head to head, right? We have 
in the Olympics, there's five on five basketball, there's three on three basketball. If you really very different looking products, even though they're the same sport. Um, there's singles and doubles tennis. It's actually very different. The rules are pretty different. This kind of thing does coexist all the time in other places. I wouldn't be too surprised if it ends up working because of that. But yeah, 50-yard football is significantly different. Uh, is it even 50 yards? I mean, indoor football is extremely different than 100-yard football. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't play the same. That transition is difficult for most people. So I could see this working for both. The way... though, I don't like it. (laughs) I think the other thing, too, is the way that the FCF works. You know, fans call on the plays. The players are still ultimately going to make any type of move or adjustment that they want to, just like you see in, you know, any other brand of football out there. So ultimately I think it's going to come down to the talent on the field. If I'm a player that's looking to get into the league or just extend my career, like it really just depends on what you want to do as an athlete when you're looking at the FCF versus the USFL and in the future, the FCF versus the USFL or XFL. And even to that matter, the XFL versus the USFL. I think even, even with a year off and the USFL having a foothold, I think the XFL will probably still get more eyes. And obviously this is, that's another year down the road yet. Right. But it's, it's going to be a very interesting couple springs coming up here. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see how the brand recognition starts to play a factor. People know the XFL name. At least some people are aware of the USFL name already. The FCF has some online support, right? How much (laughs) brand recognition do they really have? They had a decent viewership last year for what they were, but even still, it wasn't big compared to what we actually would call a high viewership. That That will have to play an impact at some point. I would bet next year with all three of them running potentially concurrently that will start to really drag some one of these, if not two of these down, maybe even all of them. Maybe they won't, none of them will be able to carry all the way to that. I don't know. It, that's, that's a problem that I don't want to be dealing with. So good luck to them. No, not at all. It's going to be great to watch though. <laughs> it's going to be great to watch it unfold. There's no such thing as bad football. There really isn't. There is bad football, but there is uh, bad football still better than no football. There you go. That works. I'll accept that. So we do have a little bit of college news to jump to here, and I'll keep it really brief, but we have an update on Arizona State. So the NCAA finally made the ruling. There was some recruiting violation where a few Arizona State coaches were in contact with recruits during a dead period. This happens all the time. For some reason, Arizona State's case got blown out of proportion, and it ended up with four coaches getting fired, including the offensive coordinator and a few other offensive assistants. Now, we had 
theorized and ESPN itself had speculated at one point that Herm Edwards was potentially in the sights with this investigation because of the recruiting type allegations and the way the university was like a little bit hesitant to talk about any of it. It's like, whoa, this may be way more serious than we thought. No, okay. Herman, we're just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. They are still bringing in a whole bunch of former NFL coaches to be various assistants. I saw Brian Billick is headed to Arizona State. Wild to me. Absolutely love it, by the way. Of course, these guys are going to make recruiting violations. They've never recruited before in their lives. It makes total sense to me. It also feels like this got blown way out of proportion, and I don't know why. Because they are a Division One FBS school that the NCAA can allow, can afford to put sanctions on, I guess. Because when you think about it, there's no other reason that they should be getting looked at at all, right? Yeah. You know Alabama probably did the same things that they're being accused of. You know, I mean, <laughs> insert SEC school. They probably did the same thing. So, all right, you uh, ain't cheating, you ain't Come on. Exactly. They just got caught. So, <laughs> and he, they got caught more like the NCAA wanted to make an example out of them, if you ask me. So, it is what it Which is. is a, it's a weird thing to make an example of. Don't text a kid during the dead period. Who cares? It's a really made up restriction anyway. I guess all rules are made up, but still. Arizona State's fine. You'll be fine. The Sun Devils are actually a pretty decent team. I wouldn't be too surprised if they do compete with Pac-12 South again. I mean, they weren't able to hold up to Utah last season. And now with Lincoln Riley USC, um, the Pac-12 South got a little bit harder this offseason. But Arizona State should be pretty good. And that should be a fun division now. I actually do believe that. If only Arizona could get better. Well, you got to have one stinker in there. (laughs) Fair enough. Who's the stinker in the SEC West? Mississippi State right now? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. It's not, you can't even say it's Arkansas anymore, right? Right. It's not Arkansas. Um, I mean, Auburn wasn't really that good, but that feels harsh. <laughs> By the way, Auburn just lost their offensive coordinator. He resigned for personal reasons. So maybe Derek Mason leaving was not a, hey, Oklahoma State's open. It was more about Auburn's in a bit of a mess right now. Nobody knows what's going on with them. I don't know what to say other than that, really. I mean, they just they lost their offensive coordinator for seemingly no reason. Who knows, man? It's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how this all shakes out. But I can't I can't keep talking about college news, man. We gotta right, we gotta get to right. these games. I've been itching for yes. it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Start us off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the first place we need to start. I still ended up winning our uh, unofficial BDT bracket challenge. You know, maybe next year you guys want to get involved and go up against myself, Doug, and Tug. Yeah, maybe we can set something up, but. Uh, we need to need to hear your thoughts on that before we, we dive on into doing it. I still ended up winning with 11 points. That was decided last week. But 
I didn't get any of the games right this week. And Doug, you got one right. You got the Rams winning. They are going to the Super Bowl. I at least Chuck made it still, close. Uh, I was a respectable second place. You least. made it, yeah. You made it respectable. <laughs> Tug, though, he's uh, – I felt like I got made fun of a little bit for going 0-2 this week. Tug went 0-4 last week. Like, that is impressive. Right. Four games, you should get at least one. I didn't even blame you for going 0-2 this week. This week was close enough. It was anybody's game all the way through for both of them. Absolutely. And like you see in the comments here already, if you got any Bengals Chiefs questions, as long as we're talking about Bengals and Chiefs, if you can get it in there before we move on to the next game, we will we will definitely talk about it and get to your question there. But man, Bengals come back and win in overtime, huh? That coin toss. Brutal. I mean, the Chiefs got the ball first. They can't blame it on that. I <laughs> So, final score, obviously, 0-4. Vince, it wasn't me. It was Tug that went 0-4. <laughs> I went 0-2 this week, and the I still won. can't defend right. himself on the show today. That's yeah, that's the worst part. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Bengals Chiefs. Yeah, Bengals win 27-24 in overtime. Of course, getting the ball second, they're able to just kick the field goal and win it there. Yeah, is this twenty-one to three going to be the new twenty-eight to three meme? Obviously, there's not as much on the line because this was the AFC Championship and not the Super Bowl. <coughs> but well, are we the first half, right? So that that makes it a little bit better, I guess. Not really, though. Twenty-one to three, you shouldn't lose that lead in the playoffs. I'll tell you what really got me was just how the defense stepped up for the Bengals in the second right. half, right? And the defense kind of just disappeared for the Chiefs until down the stretch, but even then they still weren't able to do everything they needed to. The biggest thing I saw was the Chiefs had a perfect game going, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, like they knocked Buffalo out. Buffalo had a perfect game to start the playoffs. Now the Chiefs might be looking at a perfect game here. And then they pushed the ball. They tried to score with seconds left in the second quarter there at the end of the half. And that's this is when the collapse began because for whatever reason, Mahomes threw the ball laterally to Tyreek Hill on the one-two yard line. Tyreek Hill needs more space to make a move and get, get free. Bengals were able to stop him after almost scoring themselves, able to stop the Chiefs, and then the second half started and it was a completely different ball game. I absolutely love that BJ Hill got an interception in this game. <laughs> the defensive tackle. <laughs> Amazing. Also love that I definitely called all of the important defensive backs of these playoffs games because Legarius Sneed got a pick, Von Get Bell got a pick. Who were the guys I called out for the respective defenses? Legarius Sneed, Von Bell. Let's go. It's almost like you know uh, a thing or two. One thing that amazed me, I was not at all ready for, was the performance of T. Higgins. I know he's been good in spots during the season. I know there have been games where he's really shown up. But in the playoffs, Jamar Chase was not the leading receiver. It was T. freaking Higgins. Amazing. And Travis Kelsey was the Chiefs' leading receiver, by the way. 
with less than 100 yards. That's some good spreading the ball around by Mahomes, I guess. Didn't help him too much, though. Well, and then you got you got the fact that another like secret weapon, I guess if you want to call it that, for the Bengals, C.J. Uzama, he went out early in the game. Right. And this right. was actually a trend for winning teams this week. Their tight end weapon went out because Tyler Higby went out for the Rams as well. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. They were able to get it done without him, though. And a lot of that falls on the fact that they were able to lean on Higgins when Chase, you know Jamar Chase was being doubled, tripled, whatever. Couldn't get the ball to him, get it to T. Higgins. I talked about Joe Mixon being a secret weapon. This week it was 100% T. Higgins. I don't know, man. It's it's definitely crazy to see, right? I don't think anybody would have expected the Bengals to win, especially after that 21 nothing right. first half. Right. Nobody expects the Bengals to even score 21 points in that second half, let alone I didn't 24. expect them to make the playoffs this year, and they're in the Super Bowl. So. They're in the Super Bowl. They're playing with house money, man. This is pretty incredible. We'll say one stat that fascinated me even more than the T. Higgins one is that Joe Burrow was only sacked one time. Melvin Ingram the third got a sack. Other than that, he was upright. Uh, pretty impressive for an offensive line that we have maligned basically since beginning of the season prior. So pretty, pretty incredible. Is this more of a success story for the Bengals offensive line, or is this a really bad indictment on that Chiefs pass rush? You know, I thought the Chiefs pass rush was going to be able to get more pressure on him. And, you know, I'm happy for Joe Burrow that he got a, an easier week here because he's not going to get that in the Super Bowl. Bad. <laughs> well, and he's not going to get that in the Super Bowl. Right, like, right. Zero chance. For that matter, Mahomes was running around for his life more than Joe Burrow. Yeah. And you could even argue that some of Mahomes' scrambling is what ended up costing them down the stretch. Then look at Mahomes really didn't look good at all in the fourth quarter and overtime, particularly overtime. That interception happened so fast. You even said it. You didn't even realize that the Chiefs had won the toss. I know. So I wasn't really watching the game live. I was. I had a game cast pulled up. And by the time I looked over in overtime, the Bengals already had the ball. I didn't know the Chiefs ever had the ball. So they kicked a field goal. It said overtime final. I was like, wait, that's not the rules. What's going on here? Oh, my gosh. It was like a 10-second drive interception for Von Bell. Oh, that, my goodness. I couldn't believe how that happened either because Tyreek Hill was manned up and doesn't catch the ball, and he, it, it just falls out of his hand, right? He doesn't catch it. And then it, the Bengals had the ball. I was like, surely that ball bounced, just the way that it you know, was falling to the ground. But, no, he – he caught it, and there we were, waiting on a Evan McPherson field goal. It was right, uh, four for four this game. Also hit his only extra point. They went for two at one point and got it, but that doesn't count for Evan McPherson. 13 points for the man, though. You're not winning without Evan McPherson on this team this week. This, no. What a playoff performance for this guy. 21-year-old, I believe, kicker still. Just absolute nails. Amazing. Between him and Joe Burrow, just the the ice water running between those two men's body. Like, it's just 
it's unbelievable. These guys weren't rat- – Joe Burrow wasn't rattled last week, and no moment seems too big for Evan McPherson. This is going to be – I don't know that anybody expected the Super Bowl to start the season, but this game, this Super Bowl is shaping up to be one of the best we've seen in, a, in several years, I think. I mean, it ought to be pretty exciting. Plenty of intrigue, no doubt. I just, I also want to mention the Bengals defensive line here. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, the huge free agency acquisition, got one and a half sacks. Perfect, right? Is exactly what you need out of him. On the other side, Sam Hubbard comes in with two sacks of his own. Wow, they needed that big time. They got it in this game. BJ Hill coming up the middle. Got half a sack as well, and the interception. I still love that. No sack will get the pick. Beautiful. <laughs> I think. I think that's the biggest thing. Is it? It's. It seemed like all all game that Patrick Mahomes was getting more shaken up by that Bengals pass rush than Joe Burrow did all game last week against the Titans. That I think was ultimately the big deciding factor on how this one ended because. Mahomes got happy feet. He was running around, not seeing open guys, making bad passes. The Bengals' defensive line, I think, ultimately won this game for him. So I have to ask the question, do we have Patrick Mahomes figured out? Get some pressure on him, he's ineffective. I wouldn't even say... I wouldn't say he's ineffective because he still has the ability to make a play. It's just that he turns into, I have to make a play or nothing's going to work. He can't sit there and let the game come to him anymore. He has to go out and make the play. Almost like he turns into a selfish player in these situations. And, you know, the greats get it done. Joe Montana, Steve Young, Joe Namath, you look at those guys, how they were able to take over games. Yeah, I, I get where he's coming from. He needs to relax and understand that he's got a talented group of guys around him. He doesn't need to be Mr. Everything. So two of those guys that you just named, Joe Namath and Joe Montana, are currently the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to have both won an NCAA national championship and a Super Bowl. We have a third Joe going after the title now in Joe Burrow. I think that is amazing. And if you want your kid to have success as a quarterback, name him Joe or Joseph, you're golden. It's proven, statistically I, proven. The odds are in his favor. <laughs> I will say that. However, what I will also say is that for the second year in a row, we have a home team in the Super Bowl. I mean, technically, they're going to be the away team for the Super Bowl game. <laughs> Whatever that weren't, means. Weren't the Buccaneers last year, too? Uh, no. They shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have been. I think I, I think Tom Brady just whatever. wanted to wear white. I don't remember. Probably. But regardless, you see it down at the bottom. If you have any 49ers Rams-related questions, it's in the comments as well. Be sure to get them in there. We'll get to them while we're still on the topic here. And, man, comebacks and back-to-back games this week. I think that's really the story of conference championship weekend here in the NFL. I mean, what a game. (laughs) 
final score really, was what really impressed me about this before you even say the final score is how low this final score was. Yeah. Because I fully expected both offenses to do way better than this. Even the 49ers who are not necessarily known for their offense this season felt like they could score more than this. It was another field goal game. The final score was 49ers 17, Rams 20. Rams got that last field goal, I think, with like six minutes left. Like you thought, there's plenty of game left here. Right. And this one really was a defensive battle the whole way through. It was the second quarter before anybody even sniffed the end zone. Yeah, I remember I had the entire first half up again on a game cast. Sue me, okay? It was just punt after punt after punt after punt. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, when are we going to get any action? Then the first touchdown happened. It was like, okay, so Cooper Cup exists still. That's nice to know. Second touchdown happens. Oh, wow, Debo Samuel exists too. The only offensive players on the field right now. All right, that's good. <laughs> and I mentioned it already. You know, the, the Rams lost Tyler Higbee. That's a rough look, man. Like that, that really hampered him, I think. Yeah, yeah. But the Rams had Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham both clearing 100 yards. Pretty impressive. You don't get this kind of offensive production very often from two different guys in the same receiving room. And they needed it very badly this game. Neither team had any, any run support at all. I mean, Technically, the Rams had 70 rushing yards in the game. And somehow that was more than the 49ers who had 50. Brutal. Brutally and one bad. Of them was a one of them was a 14-yard run from Matt Stafford, who, by the right. way, congratulations to Matt Stafford. Yes. To the Super Bowl. After being all, on all those horrible Lions teams, or, you know, just being on the Lions in general. <laughs> I did see that with Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl and Eminem performing halftime show, this is the closest Detroit has ever been to a Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> that was wow, terrible. That was fantastic. I love that. So I also got to throw out here too, you know, for the Rams, yeah. this they prevented every Rams fan's nightmare of losing to the 49ers late in the season and then losing to them in the playoffs and getting to watch them play in the Super Bowl on their home field, which, by the way, if you watch this game, it certainly didn't feel like a home game for the Rams. That place was just as loud, if not louder, for the 49ers than it was for the Rams. Man, they've got to figure something out. Yeah, they've got to figure something out. That was bad. That was embarrassing. city for more than a decade, and you'll be okay. (laughs) Something like that, right? (laughs) Let's be real. Um, But I did want to shout out Nick Bosa as well. I know he's on the losing team but he really did have a performance of his own. Um, Two sacks for him was, well, technically one and a half sacks for him, but it looked like two to me. And Samson Ibukam, Ibukam, I've heard it pronounced both ways, got the other half a sack. But Nick Bosa felt like the, I don't know, one of two players on the 49ers defense that was like really trying to get after it. And I know we just said it was a defensive game, but it was like, man, there needs to be some actual production here from your guys in order to pull this off. Jimmy Ward is the other one. 
And again, I love that two of the guys that I highlighted for their defense are the two guys who made huge plays. Jimmy Ward had the lone interception for the 49ers. Somehow it doesn't, it didn't translate, right? It, there was some effort going on. You know, people making tackles, people kind of filling their role. But somehow Nick Bosa and Jimmy Ward, the only guys who really had to show up on the stat sheet, and that probably hurt the Niners more than it sounds like it should. Because the Niners are used to getting a lot more sacks than that, a lot more turnovers than that. Basically, every game this season in which they've ended up winning, it's been production from both ends of that defensive line. And Fred Warner didn't feel like he made as a statistical impact on this game. He's supposed to be one of the best linebackers in the game. You need that kind of a guy to show up. It it felt like we saw him show up, but never in the moments where the 49ers needed him. Right. Felt like that for a lot of the defense. Honestly, on both sides, this was it was a weird defensive statistical game, even though both defenses as a whole played pretty well. Pretty dang, pretty dang well. I gotta say too, you know, we talked about Evan McPherson and his performance the past two weeks. There's another kicker in this game that won it for his team. Of course, I'm talking about Matt Gay. But this is the second week in a row where he missed a field goal mm-hmm. and then kicked the one that matters the most. I don't want to sit here and say that's eventually going to catch up to him and catch up to the Rams, but it's not a good look when you've got a rookie kicker with ice in his veins drilling every big kick imaginable. You got Matt Gay over here that's – he's redeemed himself every time he's made a miss, but if he was perfect, team's not even in that position to begin with. To be fair, I'd rather have the guy who makes him in the fourth quarter than only makes him in the first quarter. I mean, that's also true. We talk about Robbie Gold, too, for a second. So, apparently, last week, and even in the first round of the playoffs when they were in Dallas, you know, guys will be warming up and doing extra kicks, you know, after halftime before uh, the start of the second half. Yeah. Robbie Gold doesn't give a fuck who you are. If you get in his way, he's just going to kick it over your fucking head. He kicked it over Dallas's defense. He kicked it over Packers coaching staff. And this week he picked, kicked it over the Rams defense as they were coming back out onto the field. So I don't know that a kicker really has that much of an ability to get into a team's head. But damn it, Robbie Gold sure tries. <laughs> I like the effort. Appreciate it. Didn't seem to make too big of an impact. Didn't make too much of a difference, no, that's for sure. Didn't the Rams score like 13 points in the fourth quarter somehow? Weird, weird statistical game. Somehow it felt like everybody played great and terrible at the same time, like the entire game. I don't understand it. But it is what it is, and the Rams are in the Super Bowl, which I don't want to say is the exact opposite of the Bengals situation. Not everyone had them pegged to make it, but it certainly felt like a Super Bowl or bust type of season. You get Matt Stafford in, you start bringing in, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I mean, why am I blanking on Vaughn Miller's name? I don't know why. Uh, A very big rental player on defense, right? 
Right. I mean, Eric Weddle's in for the playoffs. A couple of these big, big swings for the fences that only make sense if you're going to go far in the playoffs. And, and they, they don't have, have any first-round picks until 2024. Right. Right. So it needs to work. It apparently has, at least to this point, and they will be the favorites going into this week. But, man, I I don't want to say they're the they're like the the favorite like everyone's expecting them to win. It feels like it should be a good game with the Bengals, but also it is a is pretty different storyline, you know. I think didn't we all have the Rams making the playoffs at least if not winning the division and the yeah. Bengals, I don't think any of us had the Bengals sniffing the wild card even. No, I I don't think anybody I don't think anybody really had the Bengals doing anything at all this year. Right. <clears throat> Joe Burrow, everybody kind of knew Joe Burrow was better than maybe what you would think, just think by hearing the name Joe Burrow, because he was hurt most of last year. Like, that's not, there's, that's the truth. That's just the truth. But I don't think anybody really thought that the Bengals were going to be division winners that the Bengals were going to be going to the Super Bowl, that they would be able to take down a team like the Chiefs, take down the Titans. I mean, you look at their road to the Super Bowl, it's for a division winner, the most improbable road for them to have gone down. Right. Right. You had to beat the one seed and then the team everybody thought should have been the one seed. And you also had to beat the Raiders who were getting hot at the right time, whether anybody believed in them or not. I mean that was a that was a pretty rough playoff matchup every single week. The Rams, I don't even know what to say about the Rams' path to to get here. Beating the Buccaneers the way that they did made me question them. At the same time, it's like all right, they were good enough to get that lead and technically just good enough to keep it. That's got to say something, right? I don't know if it says anything positive or not. But they've made it this far. Such a fascinating matchup, for real. Yeah, and when you're looking at the NFC West, I mean, we saw three of the NFC West teams in the in the league this year, or in the playoffs this year. The Seahawks yeah. don't have any running backs either. The Rams are the only one that have anything to resemble a good running game. And yeah, but then they all get hurt. Like they all time. get hurt. Yeah. I mean, they don't. That's that's all they got going for them is that they at least have the pieces in place when they're healthy, right? Right. So to answer that Twitch question, why does the NFC West not have any running backs? I mean, <laughs> that's kind of rough. Um, I will say the Rams tried. <laughs> they uh, the they Se- put the most effort in. <laughs> the Seahawks drafted one in the first round. Not that it was a good decision, but. He's still on the roster, Rashad Penny. The Cardinals need to step up their game a little bit. I'll say that. 49ers need to step up their game a little bit. Haven't had a good running game since Frank Gore. But, you know. They can still just call Frank Gore up and get him to come back, I think. Right, I'm sure he would. Or at least draft his son next year. One of the two. <laughs> uh, I want to have both. <laughs> Why not? That'd be an interesting one-two punch. Man, I, <laughs> that's like having uh, Ken Griffey 
Batten first, and then Ken Griffey Jr. Batten cleanup in your lineup. <laughs> I gotta say too, you know, we all picked the Chiefs to win. Obviously, we all missed that one. Right. You and Tug picked the Rams. Our score guesses were all way, way off. off. Yeah, way off, and yeah. I think it's just indicative of what the league's become, that it has become such a high-scoring league that defense, there's a lot of rules that really don't go in their favor, and yet nobody scored over 30 points this week, even right. with so overtime. When the scores were as low as they were, it was surprising to us, and it messed with our predictions. At the same time, I love that. I hope that continues because I'm I am kind of over, you know, mid thirties to mid forties type of games. I say that. I will college, say you know? I will say too the best game this week in my opinion was 49ers Rams because you didn't have to watch a team just completely collapse after being right. practically perfect to start the game, and you got to see two defenses really battle it out. Uh, what more could you want out of the 49ers Rams game? Right. That's basically what we had hoped would happen. And yet none of us predicted that it would. Just because it seems like the way the NFL is set up anymore is that that shouldn't happen, right? And this Rams offense is it really is set up to be high powered. That hasn't happened recently but it feels like they are in a good position to be high-powered at some point. The same with the Bengals' offense, honestly. They have some pieces in place where they have a gear they could kick into. We just haven't really seen that recently. Maybe these defenses are better than we were giving them credit for. I know we did give the 49ers defensive line of the year, so I don't know if that's fair to say either, but... (laughs) You're right. Our scores were wildly off. It's just that I, th- I think that's what's great about football. It's what's great about playoff football, especially. One last stat. You know, we're going to get into a lot more Super Bowl coverage uh, as, as we, we get close to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the end of the show at the end of this week, I have no clue where we're really going to go with it. Uh, we'll probably have to have some type of conversation uh, to figure out how we want to cover. The Pro Bowl, I guess? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, have never lost a playoff game in college or the NFL. I'm just saying, they got, they, they, you know, the Rams might be the odds-on favorite. Bengals might have something a little extra that they, uh, that they just aren't ready for. Hey, Matt Stafford's never lost the Super Bowl either. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That was very fair. Also, who do you trust more, Sean McVay or Zach Taylor? Sean McVay light. It's a hard question. We saw what happened the last time Sean McVay was in the Super Bowl, so I guess it was a very hard question. It's a lot harder than uh, most people would care to admit. Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder than you would probably think. All right. Man. this This is a very fruitful matchup for discussion in ways that I certainly did not expect. I was getting fully ready to talk about that Mexico City game a couple years ago and it'll be in the 50s for both teams. It's like, man, 
neither defense has really improved all that much since then. Are we going to see another huge shootout? I don't think that's going to happen. Now, I also think that it could happen with these offenses. It's just I have no idea. This is this is going to be a fun ramp up to the Super Bowl. I can't wait for it. Bengals, Rams. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I know I'm here for it, and that's – I don't want to say it's the best we can hope for or the best we can do, but it's uh... – Right. Imagine if this was Man. Buccaneers Packers. How miserable would that be? That's not even possible. But you know, imagine if we had that as the NFC title game. I'm saying that would have been awful. I'd have and been over it. Right. Ew. And then like <sighs> Patriots, Chiefs, and AFC. Ew. Right. Mega oof. But right. <laughs> didn't happen. We're safe. <laughs> Bengals Rams. <laughs> it's a Super Bowl matchup we've never seen before. And I'm certainly ready for it now. So let's let's get out of here while the getting's good. Let's start getting ready for Pro Bowl week, Super Bowl week. We got NFL awards coming up. We have a whole nother bracket time coming up very soon. I am very, very much so ready for this next bracket time. Looking forward to it quite a bit. And we're really just waiting on one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody has identified what that one thing is yet i'll give you that hint again we are waiting for the nfl awards show now if you can tell us what the next bracket is going to be we can get you included in some bracket time segments if you would like to be i I don't know it's it's on the table but hit us up at our social medias they've been scrolling at the bottom the entire time we are at bdt football on twitter we are bdt football on facebook BDT underscore football on Instagram, on Twitch now, streaming every episode. Big Dudes in the Trenches, all one word, on Twitch. We also have our own website, bdtfootball.com. You can find our email address when you go there. And also just email it straight up, mailbox at bdtfootball.com. All sorts of ways to reach us. I'll be, I'll be scrolling the bottom if you're watching us live. I'll be in the description of the podcast as it's released. All that good stuff. What do you got for us, bud? And don't forget patreon.com backslash BDT football. We're trying to set up some more tiers as far as, you know, off-season stuff during the season. We've got the trench ratings for college football. Uh, we're trying to figure out some more things other than just that to get you uh, – get you make, make it worth your while to contribute to our Patreon there. And so if you're, you're an audio only – Ready for you if you want to join the Patreon. There you go. If you're an audio only listener – you know, mailbox and BDT football. That's the way you're going to get your questions in. You heard us. We saw a couple questions come across today on the live stream. We got to them. So don't hesitate to send us something in a mailbox there. And, uh, you know, before, before we get out of here, Doug, did you know that lip impressions are like fingerprints and no two are the same? I did know that. It's also true about your ears and your iris. There you go. Learning something new every day. Absolutely. That's what we're all about here. The big dudes in the trenches. Big brains in the trenches hour. <laughs> so, uh, are we, we doing Tug's thing here? You know we're not doing Tug's thing. Get off of this. Get out of here with that nonsense. All right, man. You know what time it is. Peace out, girl scout. <laughs>